You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Hey folks, welcome to this week's episode of the Just Jazz and Co podcast. Today I have another guest with me, someone I'm excited to sit down and talk to. Um, Even before I hit record, I commented on the fact that we've been kind of orbiting each other for what feels like years now. Um, So it's actually great to sit down and have a conversation. And like most of my guests, a lot of the times this is our first real conversation. So you were getting the raw, uncut, this is just us vibing. Um, but I'm going to stop chatting now and introduce you to Abby Adams. Hi, Abby. Hello, my darling. Really good to be here with you. I love Do you know, I love what you just said. We've been orbiting each other. And I think that is a massive metaphor for life, isn't it? <laughs> we orbit, we orbit what, we, what we desire in, and our beliefs actually stop us from landing a lot of the times, don't they? Mm. Yeah, I'm so pleased to be sitting here with you because we have been all but in and it's about it's about bloody time. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course, I would I would love that. Thank you. So wonderful listeners. I am Abby. I am a movement mentor that creates metamorphic one-to-one and group experiences. I don't call it but you would probably call them retreats. I don't call them retreats. I don't believe that women need to retreat anymore. I think women just need an opportunity to have a really great time. Oh, yeah. And I do this for high-achieving women to overcome their health challenges with greater agency, strength, and a confident communication so they can continue driving that wonderful passion towards the life that they have created. I've been in this industry for over 20 years now and I started off as a as a um a facialist and a masseuse and it was the body side of things that drove me wild with excitement and it saw me move from being a a facial therapist into living in India and Thailand and studying yoga and Thai massage and then out in the States and mixed movement where at the age of 31, I found my period, you know, I've been bleeding since I was 14. Um, and I'm, you know, blown away at how little I knew about my body and that by finding out about my body, how I could create a greater communication with myself and the world around me and build a success from my health, not push myself towards ill health, which is what a lot of women unfortunately do with regards to burnout. You know, they can see themselves heading towards this burnout. They can see themselves being pulled from their families and everything that they love in this belief that they've got to be doing more and they've got to be pushing harder when, in fact, you create sustainable long-term and most importantly more enjoyable success when you've got that health to back it up 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so much that you said that I want to jump into. Um, and I'm going to jump into the bit that I typically go into, which was the journey. You kind of touched on your travels, facial therapy, massage therapy, and even I'm a, I discovered facials when I was 15, which sounds like a bizarre thing, but I started working and a little bit of money and like three doors down from the shop that I used to work in, there was a hair and beauty place. And I just thought, I've got a little bit of money now. Let me figure out what's going on with my skin. And I used to get, um, they look like whiteheads, but they're under more skin. So I used to go there and get my milia extracted and just have a chat about my skin. And I felt so confident. And like, as soon as you said that that's what you used to do, I was like, yeah, these are these are the unspoken about therapists of the real world. Because I go in there, not only do I talk about how my acne or the milia is making me feel, I was all about how I actually feel. She goes, how are you today? I walk into the room, the music, like, and this is, I grew up in Fort Neath. So we're slap bang across the road from the giant Tesco's in the middle of Fort Neath. And I've just escaped to another land while I'm having this treatment. And I loved it. And that's always been, beauty treatments have always been my way of switching off. Not for the fact that, oh, it's cute and you feel cute, but because I have no choice but to be present with my thoughts to enjoy the music, to enjoy somebody checking in on me, to enjoy somebody going, oh, what's going on here? Let's see if we can work out what's happening here. Is that pressure all right? And I go, yeah, it's okay. And I'm just conscious of every part of my body when that's happening. And when I'm not conscious, I'm snoring and I'm dribbling, which is also a sign of a good treatment. (laughs) So I want to know what was that, I guess, moment for you as you were doing that work that maybe sparked curiosity to move into something else or to learn more about something else? So I... I got into the beauty side of things and the and the massage and I, I began working in that field and I worked for spas and I worked in Greenwich and London and I had an amazing time. But then I, I, I went into the corporate for about 15 years. Mm. I got to a point in corporate where I realised this is not where I wanted to be and I, when I started to study uh, yoga, I done my first yoga teacher training okay. and I started to build my business and I set up an organic mobile spa, bringing everything back that I I had trained and learned. And it was when I found a company called Pink's Boutique, which are, are, and they're they're my best friends now. Um, They're an organic skincare range that are passionate about the planet. And I went and trained with them and they're, the 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 treatments uh, because they were Indonesian based. You know, your facial started with a, a a foot ceremony, and you would learn all of like the energy lines and what what to press. And again, it fired up my my curiosity with the body, and so that kind of took me a little bit deeper. It took the the facial side of things that little bit deeper. Mm. And like you said, you know, I've like my heart when you see someone change just by touching them mm. you know you all of the cares just melt away and I I did I did used to um have male clients but it was the women clients that always got me because mm. coming wearing so much armor you know there was so much they was keeping up so much they was holding together and as soon as you touch them you just felt them. It, I'd say really? it's late, but it wasn't. It was, yeah. you know, like coming down back to earth. Yeah. 
you would have some people cry on you. You would have some people laughing so hard. It was a, a, an opportunity to completely release and let go. Mm. And then that was the catalyst for me going deeper into the body and 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 understanding what happens when you touch someone or when you breathe into this part or you move this part. And for me, when I went and lived out in India, you learn all these things, don't you? You go into these areas of expertise, but really you are you're serving a part of you that you're trying to understand. And that's what that's that that story, you know. In childhood, a lot of things went on for me, like most people. And I learned to survive by believing that I had to make everything better. <laughs> and it was my job to make sure everyone else was okay, even from a very young age. And again, that's a that's that's a big thing to carry for for a little human. And so that was, you know, I, as soon as I started helping other people, I started helping myself and and realizing everything mm. I was. Carrying. I mean, it's been a work in progress, <laughs> you know. Even up until oh, this point, it? you're still you're still nurturing that, and this is what I mean when having this sustainable health. Because when you don't look after yourself, all those core wounds start start opening up again, and you start mm. speaking the wound and not your scars and this is what can drive you deeper into that wound yeah oh my gosh there's so there's so much that you've touched on that wow by the time this this comes out the event will have passed but I'm essentially working on an event with a wealth coach and also a um gosh she's just a super coach she's like a therapist RTT so tapping um wealth coach also does Reiki there's just a bunch of like just energy slash helping people go in a little bit deeper and the whole event is about us embracing our ambition but understanding what lies underneath it what is actually fueling it is it revenge is it rage is it a deep down feeling of not being good enough like is is the are the foundations is the soil for all of these goals and these dreams and these desires is it is it fertilizer is it compost or is it just dirt like or does it feel like dirt and you don't realise this compost, like what is actually underneath it? And that's what came to mind as soon as you said that, because it's so easy for us to just drive and drive and drive and drive and drive. Yeah. And not realise that that driving that is is wonderful. It creates wonderful lives for us and great experiences. But we're running ourselves ragged. You've got to have somewhere to park the car, aren't you? You're driving and this is wonderful and you're looking at all these wonderful vistas and the scenery and, you know, it fills the cup. But you have got to park your car and you've got to have somewhere secure to park it. And for me, understanding that was the beauty uh, within yoga. I I had the opportunity to train with a wonderful woman called Anadaya Judith. And her book was what blew my mind, Eastern Body, Western Mind. And it was how the psychology within what philosophy calls the chakras. I mean, we call them in the Western world the energy centers so that people can integrate that, digest that easier. But within these chakras, these energy points, how we learn from the womb and onwards how to grow our body and survive. And it just blew my mind, you know, when we look at your legs and your feet, you know, they are your roots to the ground. How do you walk? And a lot of, I, I include a lot of movement 
starting from emotional movement through to the way that you exercise for your hormones. But how do you walk across the ground? How do you relate to the earth? Because those people that are walking so fast that they can't even touch it, you can see the trauma there. When there's someone that can't move, they are so slow, you can see the trauma there. Like, what's going on? How do you root down? How do you allow yourself to root down in the ground? And for me, a way of dealing with my childhood was the, uh, the ability to run away. So I very easy. Just, I'll try that. I'll try that. I'll try that. If it's not working straight away, I'll go on to the next thing. That's fine. Being able to really root down into the ground and to pause, you know, game changer absolute game changer so yeah I what you just said then about the rooting and the getting underneath what's what's the underlying conversation within you is so important because we we only give ourselves time for that superficial and we look at that within the menstrual cycle you know there's a side in there which the inner critic as the red school calls it comes up but what I have learned from my own experiences and working with other women is that that inner critic is the superficial conversation we hear the going to be bad it's going to be rubbish you're rubbish it's going to like you but actually when you get underneath that what you're hearing is please don't do this now because you don't have the capacity to do it you're in a side of your cycle where it's about rest why are you trying to create something new when you just need to switch off for a day that's what the conversation is and that's what I find so fascinating and it's getting underneath that and I think it's having the conversation. I literally discussed this on the last episode with somebody about sitting in the discomfort of that moment, engaging with it and going, what is this, this feeling that makes me want to run come to tell me? Where's the information in it that I can take and what's the insight? Um, and I just find it so fascinating, especially because like you, I work with high achievers, I work with high performers. Um, and one of the things that I did, which I absolutely loved, was studied embodiment. And from a coaching psychology perspective, um, and there's so many different ways, right? A lot of people talk about the book, The Body Keeps the Score, but there's so many different little day-to-day ways that we don't realise that our emotional state is just, I can see it. You know, like when you meet somebody and they're just like, I can, I can see you carrying the stuff, right? And yes, I talk about some of the explicit stuff like, do you feel your shoulders rising? Do you grind your teeth? Are you clench? Do you feel yourself holding your body up when you don't need to? You're in a chair, rest back. Is that a habit? Is that something that you're always kind of doing? Are you hunched over? Do you stand kind of straight? Is there that line from your head? You know, we can think about it in more of the obvious ways, but even hearing you talk about just like the feet and the grounding uh, reminded me of something that I learned in transactional analysis around, um, which doesn't, it's not about money folks. Um, it's, it's psychology essentially. And just talking about one of the drivers being be strong or, um, try hard. And you can read these up. I'll put the link in, but essentially I remember when I was learning it, the person teaching it was like, fun fact, when, the research was done around these different drivers. They also were able to see that folks who were driven by being seen as strong, doing things by themselves, I don't need any help. Physically, their shoulders are broader than other people in the study. And folks who try hard, and this one, if you, I don't know, look, we can be real here. But ultimately, those who try hard struggled with constipation. And you just think, what's that got to do with that? It's because it's carrying all the way through, through how you are showing up in any way. And it's not something that you are doing consciously, but I can see 
what's happening on the inside. Which when I think about it too deeply, I'm just like, oh, like I always think about people like you and some of my other friends. I've got a friend who is a hypnotherapist. I've got a friend who is a psychic. I've got another friend, like I said, who works with energy and stuff. I just think it must be fascinating for people like you to people watch. Do you mean just sit down in a park and just people and <laughs> see what's, what's happening underneath? Do you know what? I love it. The things with me, though, I take it one step further and I'll go up to people. My yeah. husband's my husband <laughs> ends up walking in the other direction. She's off again. She's off. She is off. But I, and I'm, we're all the same, aren't we? When I see someone in their vibrancy, I gotta tell them. I never forget. I was in outside this coffee shop with my son, and this woman was walking up the street, and I couldn't stop looking at her. And as she comes towards me, I said to her, "I've just got to tell you, you look absolutely beautiful." And she she got all nervous. She went, "Really?" She went, "Ah." Oh, she went, "Thank you so much." She went, "I woke up this morning, and I just feel terrible." I went, "Well, let me tell you something. You don't look terrible." I said, "You look beautiful," and she. You needed that. Thank you. I said, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, we need more of this in the world, don't we? I mean, I love it when people... I say to my husband, I want you to pull me on things. I I want you, when you see me do something and you know that's not in alignment with who I am, I want you to turn and say, Ab, like, what's going on? I said, because I love that. I love reflecting on why did I just do that? What 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 made me respond in that way? Why did I express myself like that? And especially because I've got two small kids, I want to educate them on the art of expression. You know, I don't want them to be afraid. I don't want them to hold it back. Um, yeah, I, people watching for me, it's just, but I make it more interactive. <laughs> by, you know, bring it to my experience. So, one oh. moment, excuse me. Hi. <laughs> no but I love it because we don't and you just never know you never know how that's going to impact someone's day you also never know the journey that it took for somebody to show up the way that they're showing up and you just you just it's part of our humanity there's so many of us that are in a tangle or in loneliness or in um just just discomfort just because we're not seen so if we can give each other the gift of saying, you walked by and I had to say, you just look radiant today. And that's all I wanted to say. That's it. Have yeah. have a great day. I just wanted you to know I couldn't keep my eyes off you. And not in a slimy way. <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, and I think that's the thing that goes to people's mind. It's just like, I support the LGBTQ plus community, but I'm not trying to, I don't need your number. I'm just, yeah. You're wearing that dress. That dress is gorgeous. Like it's amazing. Da, da, da. And we do it. We do it in the quote unquote safe zones, right? The toilet at the bar or the pub. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and I know. Then we go out and pretend like we never spoke to each other. Yeah, in face back on. Bang! It never happened. <laughs> I didn't just walk her through my ten step makeup regime. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, we're peculiar people. <laughs> we really are. We are, do you know what, though? I, we are, like, human beings have this amazing capacity. For some reason, we limit ourselves in the belief that all we have is this body. You know, it's just all about this. 
I'm a working class girl. You know, my family look at me sometimes and think, what on earth happened? Like, where did you come from? Because I talk about the vibration in food. I talk about the vibration that we are beyond our bodies. There, there is so much more to us. And I've seen this and I, you know, I'm a practitioner of functional kinesiology. And this is for those that aren't aware of it. You muscle test and the muscles will switch on and off in regards to a positive and a negative. It lets us know what's happening underneath the skin of the wounds and the hormones and your stress responses. And it blows my mind every time at how the body is constantly communicating and that we are purely energy. And that's all we are. And when we come down to you know, we're talking about the menstrual cycle and, and menstrual health and hormones. I'll be really honest with you now. I, the hormone isn't the issue. I'm not really interested in the hormones. I'm interested in the layer underneath that because, again, at the end of the day, that hormone is just trying to talk to you. You know, it's your body's been talking to you, but you've not been listening. So then it has to take that other step. So now the hormones are getting kicked out of alignment. Now we're trying, we're creating another conversation. Are you going to listen to that? If you're not going to listen to that, then I'm going to move on to something else. Could that be an organ? Could that be a major body part? Could that be your brain? It's what's happening energetically within your body that's creating that conversation, that's creating that expression. And it comes down to a stressor of some soul. And it's, it's, it's your responsibility to find out what that stressor is. But then guess what? When you do, you've got the agency and the autonomy to take that stressor out. And I tell you, that is the metamorphic experience. That's the transformation. But you have so much power in that moment to take yourself from where you are to a place of such great health you didn't even know existed and you watch everything else fall into place. Like there is no, you don't have to try as hard. You don't have to do as much. It just is. This episode is brought to you by Just Jazz Private Coaching, the six-month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique careers free from burnout, overwhelm, and underwhelm. With challenging and curious conversations, we get knee-deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell-yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching, where we will map out the what and how of working together. So I'm curious about this because I think there's been, it feels like a movement around period power, period insight, information, um, even just lifting the lid on pain and what it actually causes period pain, right? Um, And natural methods and all of the things that you're talking about. And I'm just so curious for you because that journey started before the trend. Mm. What What was the first step? What was the first thing that said, actually, this is something... This is something I should know more about. Because as you said, you're like, it's been happening for you. It just happens, you know, monthly visit, flow, aunt flow, whatever it is that we want to call it. Your period has been rocking up for years. And then 
there comes a point where it's like, I need to understand this differently. I need to build a different relationship with my period and get curious. What was that moment like for you? So I had, my periods were painful and they were so destructive. I mean, I was always grateful for them though, because I was, I was, I was the one of the last out of all my mates at school to start my bleed. And there, there were occasions where I was carted out of train stations and, and shopping centers on a, by an ambulance because they were that bad and taken to hospital and wired up and whatnot. But that's normal, right? Because mm-hmm. they're around period health. That's normal. You just got to get on with it. Oh, okay. And then when I was training out in um, Miami, I was out there for a month and I was in this mixed movement camp. So we're moving eight to 10 hours a day through martial arts, through sparring, through BJJ, yoga. And that was a, after a, ever shitty end of a year um where lots of life experience rocked up at the end of that my period became 28 days it was never was 28 days it's around the 30 mark 28 days. but not only that it wasn't the heavy bleed that it usually was no clots nothing like that I wasn't emotional there was no pain it was a experience so now I'm thinking well, it's got to be the movement, right? It's got to be all the movement. So why has that happened? That was the catalyst. I then sit down and I start reading Wild Power. Woo! Bible. Changed my my emotional landscape completely. Then I did some training with the Red School and Tree Sisters. Now I'm thinking, well, if that's going on within one month and that's the only one aspect of it, about the movement side of things because this is what I'm passionate about can you move with your menstrual cycle now I'm training with Dr Stacey physiology of how exercise can either help your hormones or it can cause a bit of a shitstorm then I I train with uh, a guy called Phil Richards on strength training and endocrinology and understanding you know it all comes down to that stress and we you know, I, I feel for the hormones because estrogen especially gets such a bad rap when, in fact, estrogen, whatever it is trying to do in your body, it's trying to sort out the mess that society has created and has impacted women and has put on women's bodies. It's a conversation that that hormone is trying to get you to understand that something's not working. But the sad thing is with this, women when we experience these things is that we think that we have done something wrong and that our bodies are in the wrong and so we try and push even harder and we create our own conflict by not understanding exactly what is going on within our bodies and this is this is the conversation that I am I am reaching out with like your body isn't broken you know this menopause i heard some someone told me the other day there's this company in uh, america that are telling women that they can reverse the menopause that they can stop the menopause and i'm I'm not sorry folks a why do we want that b really have we made it out to be such a villain great word 
Great word, Jazz. Absolutely. This is from Dot. And what you said earlier about what was the catalyst, you know, we're having these conversations now. This has become a trend, the menstrual cycle. Why is it? Why has it become a trend? Well, when something has been shut down for such a long time, as this part of our as part of all female health has, when this has been shut down for such a long time, and we start to realise how important it is, the lid comes off it's like Pandora's box, and so boom, everything gets thrown out of the pram. You know, we want to talk about periods. It's got to be it. There's so much noise because it's been contained for so long. Then once the dust settles, then we start to see it for what it really is. And then we start to realise that, you know, it's been medicated, it's been controlled, it's been abused. And, you know, these are all pretty strong words. And for some women, this can feel quite hard and quite triggering because it's a safety zone. You know, we've entrusted our health to, we've outsourced it. And now we're realising that that source of trust has actually been taking us away from our health. Oh, that's that, 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 that's, so, so where do you go now? Who do, you, who do I trust? And this is where we've got to come back to that intuitive response. Like there is a gut response within you that will tell you if this is right or wrong. But we've got to, we've got to find that again. And this is what this is where I come in. This is what I'm I'm so passionate about is giving you your body back, you understanding it, you knowing what your female health is and how to support that. It's so huge because even hearing you talk about that, I I grew up in a family where it was accepted that I would have bad periods because my mum had bad periods and my aunt had bad periods. When I say bad periods, I mean the pain. I mean, I think my mum used to have migraines. My sister, hers got to a point where she'd be in so much pain, she had to take a different painkiller. At a point, she was taking two different painkillers. One was designed to make sure she didn't throw up the other one. And it was just that. And I have memories of, I went to a girl's school, so I just didn't care, <laughs> which, which I loved. I loved about going to a girl's school. You just didn't care. Like you, you'd whip a period pad out of your bra if somebody needed one or a tampon. <laughs> we didn't have oh, pockets. We had in my ears. People. I love that. We did not have pockets. We were just like, it just is what it is. You'd walk around with a hot water bottle visibly strapped to you and nobody <laughs> saying anything else because that will be me next week. Do you know what I mean? I, I loved the fact that there was no shame. There were no guys. There was no second thought of like, it is what it is. I'm on my period, isn't it? Or I'm on my period, miss. Or changing for PE. And like, and again, this goes back to how it's kind of, you're taught or you learn to handle it. It's like, I'm on my period and it's PE, so I'm just going to wear two gym shorts. Yeah. So you're doubling up your gym shorts or you're having to wear shorts because you don't trust your sanitary towel or your knickers or your, all of it. I remember crawling across campus because they called my mum to come and collect me and I just couldn't walk. And they were like, Jazz, come on, are you sure? I was like, don't worry, I'm going to get to the reception. And I was literally, one of the, the food technology room was kind of sunken to the ground. So I was literally eye level with people taking their <laughs> class, just crawling outside. Luckily it was the summer, so it wasn't grimy or anything like that. But literally just crawling to reception. 
I have laid down in front of Nationwide Bank in Ballum waiting for the paracetamol to kick in. Yeah. And we think it's been normal. with friends who have seen that. And we think it's normal. And then a passerby called the ambulance. And I was like, you don't need to call the ambulance. This happens every month. I'll just, once it kicks in, I'll be fine and I'll get home. I only live around the corner. I'm a South London. That. They called the ambulance. They took my blood pressure. They did all of that stuff. They called my mum. And we were just sitting in the back of this ambulance like, I'm so sorry to have wasted your time, but I was scaring people, but I was just doing what I needed to do to just get through. If it's rolling on the floor, it's rolling on the floor. It is all of that stuff. And, you know, this is me going back years because then the journey became, right, villainy. Oh, I can go in contraception now and get rid of it. What? There is a contraception. That means I don't have a period. (gasps) What? Amazing. And went on that and stayed on that for years. And even as we're recording, I'm on contraception. That means I only have an actual period when I am stressed. Um, And there's so much about that where that's a decision that I've made for myself, but there's so much where I'm excited to get to the phase in life where I come off it and manage it naturally and get all of that information, that insight and stuff like that, because I'd love to know when my cycle is. I'd love to know when those kind of things are, you know, and I share that transparently because we're having this conversation. It's kind of like conversation around veganism, right? Or exercising. It's just like, let us be real here. We can learn and you can find your own journey. This isn't like a stand on a hill. You have to do this. It's about finding what's right for you. But I would say to anyone listening, me listening to you, Abby, is ask the questions get curious. If it is contraception, think carefully about which one you want to be on. Think carefully about taking breaks because I've taken breaks and they've been amazing. And the period has been completely different to what it is in childhood, which made my brain just go, maybe you weren't as evil. Maybe you didn't come to destroy my life once a month, you know, but again, you go back to that place where it's like, new job, can't wear this outfit because I'm on my period. And then you just crack on, you just pop pills. I can't, I can't even swallow pills, Abby. So I was a 14 year old crunching paracetamol and I'd buy a packet of soft mints to eat like three of them straight after to just get it out of my mouth. Do you know this? Yeah. Oh, I don't I'm want a- that for my daughter. I've been holding my heart like ever since you spoke. I just want to come back to the words that you said when you got into the ambulance and you said, I'm sorry for wasting your time. That is at the heart of every woman's approach to her health. I don't want to waste anyone's time. I don't want to seem hysterical. I don't want to be classified as overly emotional. I don't want to be your atypical archetype of a moany, emotional, hysterical woman. I think that is so powerful to feel into. And when we look at, you know, at the end of the day, again, like you said, make your own choices. But let me tell you, know the facts behind what you are doing. So get yourself some B vits to support and some uh, vitamin E. If you're taking contraception, know that there's aspects of that contraceptive that might be pulling out these vitamins that you need. Vitamin E, your B vits. Make sure that you've got that back up there because when we go towards perimenopause and menopause, this is when those wonderful hormones are creating strong bones, brain development, gut health, immunity. You know, they all start to decline when we go through that phase. And perimenopause and menopause, 
It's an evolution. It's not about aging. This is the difference. It's not about aging. It's about your body not wanting to produce children anymore because that part of your life has come to completion. It's not age-related. It's an evolutionary phase so that you can then move on to the next phase of life, which guess what is all about you. So the interesting part of this is, right, why do mainly the opposite sex want to control the menopause and stop it and make it better? Could it be that it's because this is a part, this is a phase of life that is all about them and we don't, we can't have we can't have a person thinking all about themselves. That won't that won't keep up society because that's what women do. You look at the roles that they undertake. I saw a great stat a little while ago about how, you know, in the office space, okay, women have got their roles, they've got their jobs, but guess what? It's incrementally inside of everyone's brain that they go and make the tea, that they go and do the training when someone new arrives. It's always the women that do that so if you take that away who's going to do all of that who's going to make my cup of tea when I come to the office in the morning (laughs) I can't empower them too much Abby no we can't there can't be too much can't get above your station you can't it's so interesting because I went to a hairdresser's the other day well her hairdresser's my hairdresser's and as you do you're in a hairdresser's kind of eavesdropping on other people's conversations with their hairdresser and um this woman had come in and said you know my scalp's just been so tender recently like I had my head I pulled it up and one I had to take it out because it was just it was just so sensitive I just don't know what it could be do you have anything for that and the owner of the salon was giving her her consultation and she was just like and she approached it with so much sensitivity, but she was just like, can I ask how old you are, darling? And again, it's not about age. However, she'd come in with her daughter who looked like she was in her mid-20s. So it's just, let me just check in, right? Um, and she was just like, you know, I'm 40 something, she said. And she goes, well, I wouldn't have a conditioner for it, but I really would encourage you to check out, reach out to your doctor because it could be perimenopause or menopause because things like that started happening to me. And she was just like, oh, no, 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 I'm really young. I'm just, no, no, no it's not menopause. Like, it was, she laughed it off, but I could feel the discomfort underneath it because I could tell that the salon owner was talking to a woman who thought menopause equals hot flushes, old ladydom. And she began to quite gently say, look, my bone, I have to take different vitamins now. My bones are not as strong as they used to. I've actually started training in the gym. I was never really a gym person, but I've started to train to build up strength because my muscles aren't what they used to be. And I've been going through this for the past two, three years and I'm, I'm 50. So I wouldn't consider myself old. It's not really about the age, but what I would say is check it out. And it was everything within me was like dying to go sorry I was listening because it's the same conversation I had with my aunt it's the same conversation I had with my mum who were a similar age and they were like yeah they don't tell you about this one they don't tell you about that one they don't tell you about this 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 and it's an evolution not that they understand why but their approach is curiosity 
let's get the vitamin check. Let's check my iron levels. Let's check my energy. Let me pay attention to when my energy slumps and when it does and doesn't, instead of beating myself up about it or treat, trying to resist something that is happening anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's happening for me, not to me. Yeah. yeah. How can I see it that way? Look at that though, right? You've got a hairdresser advising a woman about perimenopause and like you just gave me a little food for thought there because still we are seeing a lot of women being told that they're too young uh is not that great when you look back in time and you see how women so going back 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 when uh health first came out of Socrates, you know it was deemed that women weren't they were too hysterical and they weren't intelligent enough to understand their own bodies. So they was banned from practicing medicine on themselves. They weren't allowed to be uh, working medicine. This went up into like the 1800s. Like this wasn't that long ago that women were banned, right? Look at that. I find that quite interesting. It's almost like the undercover, like the whispering of the witches that used to keep all of this wonderful information going and the support out there. How this hierarchy this institution that we rely on so deeply to look after us has no mm. idea to look after women and yet you've yeah. got hairdressers and other wonderful people that are, are getting that message out there I just find yeah. that beautiful when you look at that you can start to appreciate just how ill-managed mismatched this current mm. conversation is yeah, it's community, right? It's that all the way through time. You can see all of the information, the education, the insight, despite what the structures in power were doing. Community meant the message got out. Community meant the information got to where it needed to get to. And we think in 2023, or we'd like to think, we wouldn't have to, that wouldn't be the source, but it is very likely the source because, again, the stigma is a lot more louder than the 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 information so it's like peaking that curiosity for sure oh so many things to get into um i want to be mindful that to a lot of my listeners what we've just discussed aside from the period side because that's just folks it's science peeps it's the body um some of the things that we touched on can feel a little bit woo woo so I want to slide you back a little bit. It's not even a little bit. It's a long way because I want to make sure that anyone listening to this can walk away feeling like I know what I've just digested and what we were just talking about. I want to take you all the way back to um, the energy centers. And I'd just love for you to just share with us sort of what are those? Yeah. Without turning you into a teacher. You can give me like two or three. But just to give me an illustration. So if you look throughout your body, and science has now clarified this. So like I said, in yoga, they call these chakras, right? In Western, the Western scientific approach, they've actually found, and I know a lot of people now understand what fascia is. So fascia is what covers your muscles. It is like a, a, a highway of information. It's what carries impulses and nerves and, and can take away uh, waste products. And there are these clumps within your body where the yogis said the chakras sit and there's seven of them within your body. And so at the base of your spine, you have this energy center, which is all about relationships and rooting and how you communicate that. And that's relationships with your food. That's relationships with other people. It's relationships with life. So that's your number one. And this is formed from the womb. 
and then the first year of life. You then move up to the second energy centre. This is all about that sexual energy and and kind of like creativity, but it's more about that sexual expression and how we we unite what we call like the masculine and the feminine and you find that balance. We then move up into the third energy centre, which is around the, the naval area, just above the naval area, and this is your willpower and your drive. And this is when we talk about your gut instinct. Mm. You can feel that kind of feel your gut. It feels uneasy yeah. or it feels fired up. Like it comes from that gut center. And we know that there is uh, quite a big um, point for your lymph at this point as well. So it mm. all aligns together, this, this intimate highway. Yeah. When we move up to the heart, this is all about love. And, and what I learned from my own experiences and studies here that is when that power center underneath the heart center is hasn't had its autonomy. It hasn't been encouraged or allowed to gain the freedom of will and expression. You know, when you're growing up and you get a lot of, how dare you, how dare you don't do that. That's what can shut this, this point of, of your communication down. So there's a bit of a collapse there. Your heart tends to take everything over. You can overcompensate and you overly give from here with everything that you have in regards to love because you have a stability and power underneath it to hold that up. So you overcompensate here. Really interesting how the emotions work that way, the compensation and depletion. We then come up to the throat. And again, this is all about expression, but this is also related to your hearing. and. It can be impacted by lies. And from my own experience as a childhood, you know, you see something and you get told, no, that didn't happen. Mm. And as you're quite clear that actually I did just (laughs) see that happen. That definitely just happened. No, no, it didn't. So you start to doubt yourself. And what that does is it shuts down your expression, your communication from your voice, because you start to distrust what you believe yeah. from the world and how you how you express that outwards. So that's in the throat area. And then we come up to which would be, I suppose you would classify this point onwards as the woo-woo part, right? This is your... <laughs> This is your third eye. This really, what we're talking about, again, is you understanding exactly what you want and need, what your story is, who you are. And then when you get to the crown, it's just sitting in your power. You know, that knowledge, being able to have that knowledge and to trust and receive. So these are your, the energy centers that flow through our body. And again, it's it's a way of us understanding how we are moving through life, how we might be limiting ourselves and pulling ourselves into what I spoke about earlier about, you know, the core wounds. Are you speaking from your wound or are you speaking from your scar? I mean, this is something I've learned recently, this approach, and it's, it's a game changer. I had a, a, an experience recently through uh, Project Woman, which is an initiative that I run for women, where we sent a post out in regards to endometriosis and for us we are we are championing these women and we want to give you power power to make change power to know your choices and what came back was that we had undermined women with 
uh, endometriosis because they was afraid that they would be seen as uh, being weak and, and overly emotional, but that wasn't the intention. And what we had come back that we were quite naive to believe that we could solve endometriosis with nutrition, with movement, with stress, with hygiene and sleep. But you can, and I know that you can, because these are powerful tools. But guess what? If you don't believe that, again, you're speaking from your wound. And I utterly understand why we had been through so much, because endometriosis takes eight to ten years to be diagnosed. Why? Why? And I come back to we are dealing with an echo that women are hysterical and it's all in their head. I hear this all the time. Women are being told over an eight to 10 year course that it's all in their head. Try this drug, try this drug, try this drug. No, that drug's not working. Start cutting you up now. We're going to start taking pieces of your body out because we don't know what we're doing really, but we're just going to try and what's going on. When you've gone through that, your rage and your anger are valid. Absolutely. But do not allow people to make you believe that there is another way out because there is. And it is sometimes the most simplest approaches can feel just beyond us, but they are tools to living life well. Those tools, water, good water, clean water, good nutrition, stress response, your environment, toxic load. You know, we are, your body is battling these things on a day-to-day basis. You can't feel that because there's so much noise. There's so much noise out and again, this is where coming into a great space such as Project Woman that enables you to hear that, but to find some joy and great conversation where you've not got to justify your needs or yourself for that matter. Yeah. Oh, so much around our perception of things that we've been told, our perception of ourselves that then influences how we show up and it you know, can influence it for the worst, but also for the better. Like, you know what I mean? It's a similar tool um, that's kind of used to kind of hit the rewind button on a lot of the things that kind of happen. And I think it makes me um, really curious when it comes to your own career, because I can tell even through our conversation, how much of your work is embodied through your own life and how much of that discovery takes place and you really walk what you talk about, right? Um, and of course, like when we're practitioners that help people, we also have the the great honor of carrying the stories of our clients, <clears throat> sorry, the stories of our clients and the things that we've seen there as well. So we can have quite a strong belief bank because we're like, no, I've seen it. And again, and again, and again, and again, <laughs> right? Tools, tools, tools are tools for a reason. It's just, I didn't just make it up. I've seen it <laughs> happen and change things. Um, And I wonder, like, for you and, you know, and seeing all of that as your career and your sort of life's work, when was that moment that you decided that actually that's something that you want to do, that you want to work on further? I guess evidencing the transformation, helping people find the transformation for themselves, giving people those tools. Because you could could be doing anything. There are a lot of people who are super passionate about the things that you're passionate about. And it's a secret. Like they're listening to this right now and they're just like, I never get to talk to anybody about all of these things. And I just go to my office job. What made you decide that this is, no, this is, I'm going to dedicate my life to doing this. So when 
I suppose it started from childhood. I I didn't get any choice. I had no choice. I I had to put up with a lot of anger and destruction flying on around me. And at some points it was directed to me and that it was my fault. It was my fault that this is all happening. And so from that lack of choice, I, you know, you sit there when you're a kid and you think, I'm not going to let this happen to my children when I get older. I'm not going to let this like destroy me. And it was, having that choice and that freedom and that autonomy to make my own decisions became very important to me from a young age. And then after Miami, when I realised what a period was, I remember I was sitting in Soho with my family and we was in this uh, um, Swedish coffee shop and there was the local magazine. I was flicking through and there was an article about Project O and they are an organisation that helps with the oceans. And they spoke of these dead zones within the ocean which are catastrophic to the environment because if nothing's growing there, then this will then spread out and it has a major impact on obviously the diversity, on air, on on everything. And I, and I sat there and I thought, this is quite new after coming back from Miami. And I thought, that's what a woman's womb is. That, look, we've all, the majority of us have got dead zones within us because we have no idea what our wombs are. We have no idea. I mean, most of us don't even know that we've got one because we are inadvertently acting out in a, in a masculine approach because we are trying to survive. You know, we're trying to survive in this world. We're trying to look after our families, make money, be part of a community. You know, we're doing all the time. And so I just, it blew my mind. Oh my, these are dead zones that we're carrying around. And if we're not careful, this is going to become the norm. And how is that going to impact the environment? You know, how does that impact men and non-binary? When, because when one gender is out of sync, everyone else is out of sync. It's a metaphor for life. It's health. If one aspect of your health is out, everything is going to be out. And I truly believe that when women are confident with their health, when they really know about their health, when, they, when they're walking their talk with regards to menstrual cycle health and well-being, perimenopause and menopause, that all falls into place. When we truly know, we become confident. And when we're confident, we can communicate. And when we are communicating with confidence, men, women and non-binary can stand together without being a victim and we will move forwards, forwards past the rage and the anger and the destruction. And we will create a, we'll create a world that is, is just harmonious. Now, that to some people might sound completely weird, but that is what I believe. I believe in the power of coming together, but we've got to be individually healthy first. That is part of what I stand for and, and what Project Woman stands for. I'm going to ask you a question I ask all of my guests. What is your career teaching you right now? To not take it so seriously, that we've got to start remembering how important joy is because I can take things seriously because that's passion, mm-hmm. right? When you're passionate about something you want to share that and you want to get it out there but I see like I said earlier so many women are angry at 
not knowing about their periods, not having the right support for their health, not having a place where they can express themselves. They don't even know that they're not expressing themselves because they're so numbed out and so used to the way that they're living that they're creating this armour around Mm. their body that is leading them to ill health. And so it's about us coming together and remembering, remembering what being a female, a woman, a human with a uterus is. And that is, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm learning right now. Awesome. And last, but certainly not least, because we've touched on it in different ways, but I want you to um, give folks the list of places that they can go to connect with you and your work, especially if they're curious about a lot of the things that you've shared in your own personal journey in the work that you do with clients. Thanks, darling. Well, I'll share all these with Jazz, obviously, but we have... For people that are interested with what I've been saying, Project Woman would be your first port of call. This is an online collective. It's not a membership. It's not a course. You don't have to do anything like that. It's where you can show up, ask questions, let rip. We've got the screen room. We've got us ask us anything rooms. We've got sections on period health, perimenopause and menopause. And it is a place where vibrant conversation and communication is occurring. You know, you don't have to scroll through social media looking at loads of other people's pictures where they're dancing on ice and swimming in the (laughs) Balinese seas, which is beautiful. But we're heading straight straight (laughs) conversation. And that's what I love. You know, I've I've looked on uh, online today and there's all these wonderful hot topics going on. People are sharing Mm. amazing content that you know we're intelligent we're intelligent beings and we deserve that intelligence and it fires up great health and ideas so if you're curious that's the first place that I suggest starting and on there we've got wonderful workshops and experiences and and ones that I'm hosting that support you in your cycle which is the success and the sacred sessions I make menstrual health really easy especially when you're first starting out and that is by breaking it down into two sides so we have those which are online we also have them in person and then I have my one-to-ones but you know I I I know that you have to build trust with someone I know that you have to build Mm. a, a rapport with someone before you step into that zone so come and join us at Project Woman because Without your voice, it doesn't happen. And you are so important to this conversation. So it would be wonderful to see you there. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that and just sharing everything that you shared so openly today. This was such a great conversation. I know I certainly learned a lot, so I hope our listeners will. So thank you. Thank you, my darling. Don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there. Thank you.